0: Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips. I'm Nathan Hartswick.
1: And I'm Annie Russell.
0: This is the show where we re-watch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods.
1: Yes, and tonight we are breaking down season one, episode 11 of MacGyver, titled Nightmares. Nightmares.
0: Is it gonna hold up? We'll find out. First, uh... I want to thank everybody uh, for coming to our live episode this past weekend. It was so much fun. So fun. Uh, We had Dan Smith as the guest and we had a bunch of people watching the episode with us. uh, And you're going to get to hear that episode next Monday. But um, it was fun. It was a little, uh, it was a first time. So we had our issues, but I think it came out pretty well.
1: Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching with everybody. Um, We had some diehard uh, fans who were in the Zoom chat with us and commenting along with the episode, which I found really fun because... I am typically watching these when I am alone and (laughs) screaming at the television (laughs) and you know, I don't necessarily have anybody uh, there to kind of like process what's happening with me um, no matter how outlandish it is. So having that communal uh, viewing was really fun. I thought,
0: yeah, it's very validating to see someone put something in the chat that you are screaming about also. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah, it was great. It was so much fun. And I, uh, I, well, I'm sure we'll do it again in some form. Um,
1: yes, I, I think we will. I think the Zoom thing—we realized it's it's a little tricky with the lag to watch and stream a full episode of TV. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what tweaks we can make to that.
0: I have some thoughts about it. I'll run them by you when we're not recording a podcast.
1: <laughs> no, we need to workshop it right no, now. We need to <laughs> involve <talk> <laughs> the listener in this.
0: So, what's going on with you? How was your week? Uh,
1: um, well, I'll tell you what happened this week, Nathan. This is big. <laughs> oh no, what's happening? This is big. I got a couch this oh, week. Oh shit! And my life life changing. Like <laughs> I have been. The background of this is that I moved uh, from Chicago to the Bay Area back in June, but the couch um, was something that I had decided not to take from t- Chicago because it was an old shitty ikea right, couch right. and it was like let's just get a new one. Uh the new one took a full 2 months. Yeah. to get here. Um and so I have been sitting on the most uncomfortable chair in my living room <laughs> slash sometimes kicking the dog off the dog bed. <laughs> to- <laughs> <laughs> to sit on a dog bed while i watch television that's uh amazing. so the couch is completely life-changing and i am so excited uh
0: that is congratulations first of all
1: thank you that
0: i i delight in that image of you sitting like cross-legged on a dog bed watching macgyver yes
1: <laughs> and that's and i just want to make sure that listeners get the full visual <laughs> i asked my dog, kicked him off of his own bed in order to sit on the floor alone and watch MacGyver like late every Friday Oh, it's alone
0: night. now? Your your yeah. husband is like done with this experiment <laughs> of watching this, these together?
1: Done. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the late Friday night is usually when I watch these and I am just sitting on a dog bed cross-legged <laughs> just oh, getting man. angry at the television. Uh, but the couch is just life-changing. I now uh, am, you know, we'll see if it reflects my rankings. um,
0: (laughs) Watch them shoot up by a couple of points now that you're comfortable. Yes.
1: Uh, So how are you? What's what's (laughs) going on in your world?
0: I also have a couch forthcoming, but it uh, hasn't arrived yet. And we do have a couch that we're currently sitting on. So
1: that's, oh, wow. That's a smart idea. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but we're actually, yeah, we're, I think everyone's kind of thinking what how can i ready my how can i batten down the hatches and ready my living space for another potential winter lockdown Uh, Yeah, you got to upgrade
1: and be as comfy as you can, because, you know, we're going to be at home
0: for a while. Totally. Yeah. So we bought this like cool little leather chair and created this whole nook with a palm tree and a faux white fur blanket and stuff. And the dogs just (laughs) love it. (laughs) (laughs) It was like within 10 seconds. I thought you were were going to
1: say the dogs just destroyed it. immediately.
0: (laughs) They were like, this is a dog bed. Uh, It's mine now. So Mm -hmm. um, but it's great. Um, Yeah, we're doing similar stuff. I birthday this week.
1: Oh, um, happy birthday.
0: Thanks. Uh, Belated. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, I was thinking about how like at the beginning of this, uh, the pandemic, anybody with a birthday in like March or April, people were like, well, sucks that your birthday had yeah. to be like under these circumstances. And now it's like, oh, everyone's going to have one of those birthdays. Everyone has one
1: COVID birthday. I had yep. mine. Hopefully just day. one. Uh, it was super, it did not feel like a birthday, I felt. No, uh, how no. did you feel about it?
0: it? Yeah, similar. I mean, it was nice. We we made a point to like get takeout from a nice place we mm-hmm. like. And, you know, uh, I did have uh, a friend of mine. <laughs> I, was, I was actually, I was in the shower. And uh, Natalie, <laughs> Natalie knocked on the door and said, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, but Stephanie and her entire family just came over to wish you a happy birthday, <laughs> which is like Stephanie and her husband and her two young children have like a, a balloon and oh they're like God. standing outside my house. So I had to quick uh, quick throw some clothes on and uh, they, they had brought me a card and stuff. It was very nice. What,
1: how exhilarating. So, uh, I haven't experienced yeah. that in COVID. So it's know, like, like, like you actually had you right to away. quickly get ready and <laughs> to see people in person. I like, know. That's it's crazy. The dream.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, anyway, all right. Well, it's nice to catch up. We have a guest today. We do uh, have a guest. Uh, he's a super talented actor and musician and comedian and a, a good buddy of mine. Uh, please welcome Justin Rowe. Hi, Justin. Hi, Nathan. What are you up to lately? What's going on? How's your life? Um, I, I, it's okay. I'm,
2: I'm in New York. It's been yeah, it's uh, year five now. Um, wow. It's been a long been, been the most memorable of all five years, for sure. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> uh, you're a little younger than me, but th- what's your history with the show MacGyver? Where, did you watch it as a kid or in reruns or anything?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I, I was thinking about it. I really don't think I'd, I remember one, one clip from it. And it was like him, um, he has a, a sword or he has like a ste- and he puts it through two door handles to lock a door. And I remember <laughs> thinking that was such a cool uh, yeah. thing. And I always remember that moment. But that is essentially the only moment.
0: Yeah, well, that's great. I mean, that's, uh, I love bringing people in who have very little, uh, um, uh, you know, knowledge of it, but also, you know, you've got an acting career and I'm really curious to get your take on what you thought of this episode from a, you know, an acting standpoint. Um, oh, but uh, before yeah, we get sure, to that, sir. let's, um, let's get a, a summary to refresh all our memories. Um, you want to give us a summary, Annie, and then we'll jump into the discussion.
1: Oh, I sure do. Uh, so what happened in this episode opening gambit? We did not have one. Uh, my feelings about this are known. Um, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like it when we have an opening gambit there is not one for this episode Uh, but the main episode MacGyver comes back to the states from East Germany uh, with a list of terrorist names like you do he's immediately captured by East German intelligence but not before he quickly hides the documents in a lamppost to get MacGyver to give him the list uh, Colonel Kurt Nielsen injects MacGyver with a drug saying he will die in six hours without the antidote MacGyver escapes captivity and with the help of a teenage runaway manages to retrieve the antidote (laughs) with just minutes to spare and wow. that was
0: your hour of television. It's just incredible. Like hearing you say all of that, <laughs> like in one paragraph is bonkers. Well,
1: so, okay. On on one hand, it feels like a lot happened. And on yeah. the other hand, it feels like nothing happened Very little, in this yeah. episode. Um, <laughs> there was just, there were so many stretches where I'm like, wait, what are we doing right now?
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, uh, Justin, what was your sort of first impression of MacGyver, since you haven't really seen it other than that sword yeah. trick? And, uh, and this episode in particular i mean
2: <laughs> really really cheesy um yeah just just really bad like spectacularly bad. but <laughs> but so fun like um yeah you know the uh the first i noticed the the nonstop stop music The the music never uh yeah, lets up yeah. it's almost as if they if they feel like they, they'd stop the music we'd find out um how, <laughs> right. how bad things actually were um <laughs> The acting—I mean, you know—they're doing what they can with. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the scripts are obviously hilariously bad. <laughs> uh, a lot of just like hilarious lines that um, just explain exactly yeah. uh, what's going on with absolutely no subtlety. Oh, i, I think one of my favorites was. MacGyver running up to the policeman in the parking lot and saying, you're a policeman, I can tell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah was it his full uniform yeah. It, yeah. that tipped you off? Like, what What was it? Right.
2: You're definitely not a bad guy in disguise. Now. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The stakes. I don't know. It just never, you know, sort of this, obviously the same uh, uh, device over and over again. It never felt uh, particularly <laughs> or any real danger, you know, the, the, the devices were cool. I, I had problems with them too, but, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, this is so interesting to hear you come at it from this point of view, because certainly, like uh, you know, some of this stuff uh, I, I, you're going to see in every '80s show, I think, the sort of constant music and the—we've uh, talked about this before—but this on the nose, like let's tell, like let's tell the audience exactly what's happening in case they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so fun because you have like precisely zero other experience with other MacGyver episodes, and we've now watched like ten of them <laughs> yeah. from the first season, and uh, and. I don't know how you felt, Annie, but my first take here is this was one of my my favorites we've watched so far,
2: <laughs>
0: for a lot what? of reasons. Uh, which is probably going to be a hot take for you, but I there was a lot I really liked about this one, uh, to be quite honest, uh, as it compares with a bunch of the other ones we've watched. But what was what did yeah. you think?
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh- <laughs>
0: Are we not I, friends anymore? No,
1: we are <laughs> friends. there are there were things I liked about it actually. Um this, in a way, ha- kind of had thief of Budapest vibes um, because. Uh, ooh, <sighs> We need to talk about MacGyver's relationship with Lisa, the runaway. Like, I am so confused uh, as to what is going on there. My favorite line of dialogue in the episode, I texted to Nathan um, (laughs) at what is close to 1 a.m. your time uh, last night. You're a runaway, remember? Um, Like, that... (laughs) That whole interaction with that group of friends when they see him, you know, all hopped up on the East German drugs, um, like it was—it was crazy. It was so funny and just kooky. Um, I also just loved that he just met up with a teenage girl down by the docks, and we're all fine with that. Like we're all like just helps her catch a fish real quick, and Mm -hmm. that wasn't even part of his mission. Like he. That, mm-hmm. That's a detour that he self-directed took um, at the beginning of that episode to just befriend a, a teen runaway. And just how the episode ends, but, like he offers her an internship <laughs> as if that was something she had expressed any interest in whatsoever. Right.
2: She was thrilled,
1: she, yeah. she was so excited and I was like, that does not track like this character. is not someone who's like the only thing I want is an internship with the government. Uh, right, it right. was it was very hard for me to take that seriously. But, you know, <laughs> they they certainly got close along the way and. I also love it um, in any pop culture when how we portray someone as Eastern European is to give them a British accent. That is my favorite thing in the entire world.
0: (laughs) He had a couple of W's that became V's, but everything else I was like, what is this accent he's doing? I
1: I just, I loved it. I loved that character. I loved... Actually, when they administer the uh, drugs to him, I've liked that whole scene. Me too, I thought it was very
0: fun. Totally, Um, totally. Yeah, well, it's funny because, like, uh, Justin, you alluded to not thinking uh, the stakes were high enough, and uh, I can tell you of the 10 episodes we've watched (laughs) so far... These were some of the most uh, high stakes that we have. <laughs> um, uh, it, like this was the first, one of the first uh, instances where I actually cared what was about to happen, and the the tension felt like it was like mounting. Um, and even just we've talked before about how blasé MacGyver is about literally every threat that comes his way. Mm-hmm. So seeing him seated in a chair, unable to move, trying to crack wise, and and you see his fear starting to mount. That's the most fear he we've ever seen him show. Um, yeah, so that felt and I fun I
1: liked that we saw him kind of out of his element, and he needs you know this young female character really to like take the reins and right, and right. direct what's happening, which is a total role reversal for yeah. him. Uh, all previous episodes, he's coming into a situation cool as a cucumber and is like very much in control. So to see him very in his body, out of control right, was right. was
0: new. Yeah, I mean. He, well, you saw that at the beginning of the episode, you see how he usually is, which is that he is like a savior to people who don't know what they're doing. This girl has somehow fashioned an, a makeshift apartment for herself inside of an abandoned mansion, <laughs> but doesn't know how to fish. Like, right. <laughs>
2: come on. <laughs> and you're so blown away that he can put... <laughs> A piece of garbage on a fishing hook yeah yeah exactly exactly she, back, that man?
1: never
0: uh, not only that yeah. but catch a fish literally before he walks away like,
1: <laughs> like she's clearly uh capable uh she yeah. has her own security system set up Yeah, that right. has nothing to do with him um uh, yeah <laughs> lisa has it together
0: yeah yeah um and it, it cracks me up because i i i actually this led me down a rabbit hole this teen runaway thing led me down a rabbit hole because i remember this as like there it was this like strange confluence in the 80s of like the humanitarian sort of causes that we were all about were like world poverty and hunger and like you know th- those sorts of things you know phil collins was writing songs about them you know right. and so the idea of this teen runaway i was like did that what is Isn't that the character that leo dicaprio played in growing pains and then that led me down this rabbit I think he was just like a troubled kid. But there was another episode of Growing Pains where they like took in a homeless kid. And right. uh, and then I just started to think about like uh, this trope in the 80s and 90s of like, oh, the, the sort of rich white family sort of takes in this troubled, you know, street teen. Uh, and Yeah, and, uh, I think who has it was heart of Runaways
1: gold. and Kidnapping were yeah. two sides of the same coin <laughs> right, in the right. 80s. These are things we were very concerned about.
0: Yeah, but they went to great lengths to, ex- to explain that she's, you know, she's a streetwise kid who, who ran away for a reason, but she's also uh, studying to get a diploma. Right, yeah. She's- <laughs> like, like, she's a good kid, you know?
2: It didn't really seem all of that traumatized. It was just like, no, yeah, no. <laughs> well, this is what happened. My dad used my face as a punching bag. Like. Uh-
0: <laughs> (laughs) She
1: was very like, uh, she had very clear boundaries like she, and she was very good at kind of like, you know, uh, rationalizing different problems as they came up. Like she was like, well, I should go to that policeman, but that's the last thing I need. Like (laughs) 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 so Um, funny that she was so logical.
0: That authority thing, I really want to talk about a little bit. The, the, you know, in our last episode, our last guest said, does this take place in an era where the government shows up and people are like, oh, good, the government's here. Right. (laughs) And uh, and I realized like, oh, of course, like in this era, there was so much, I mean, I think, you know, not at every level, but there was sort of a cultural trust of uh, authority in a way that, you know, has been eroded over the last 30 years or so. And so uh, you know, the idea that, that you could walk up to a cop and that cop could turn out to be not a cop was like a shocking twist. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly why it ends the way it does. Right. Is because, um, the idea of like working for the government is like this, what this kid should want. Right. <laughs> Cause it's a, you know, or even just like the motivations of MacGyver, where he like tells her he did a job and he's like, it was very important. And you know, this idea that he, he, the America's right and he does what's right because he works for America, you know? Uh, it's just a whole different way of looking at things that, like, you see it, this sort of patriotism kind of baked into mm-hmm. everything. For sure. So, uh, Justin, what was, like, what, what about the episode, was there anything about the episode that particularly worked for you? You talked a little bit about the stuff that you found ridiculous, but.
2: Um, I mean, I guess now that you say it,
0: don't let me change your mind.
2: No, 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 no. I mean, you know, uh, and, and especially hearing, you know, you comparing it to the other episodes. Mm. I guess like his, his, the countdown of, uh, you know, the poison and everything. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess I could, I can see where that, you know, makes him vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> it was just so over the top. I, I um, well, let me ask you this uh, question.
0: So I have, uh, I have another question I want to ask, which is, um, I enjoyed the fact that they gave him something to perform that wasn't just, Sort of blase confidence, mm-hmm. um the idea that he was slowly being poisoned, uh, and then for some strange reason, this poison uh works so that you're clearer at the end right um, <laughs> um, like it gave him a whole like uh, sort of acting exercise to do basically the whole way through the, and I was wondering what you thought of you know the exercise and how he executed it
2: he it was okay i i, I didn't he wasn't particularly uh, emotive I mean uh, his his face his uh if I had nothing else to compare it to, I would kind of call him a bad actor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're allowed to call him a bad actor. Okay.
2: (laughs) I mean, he was very, you know, it wasn't like offensively bad. He was just, you know, um, and of course, like, again, the script is not doing him any favors, but, um, Yeah, I, I guess I, I really wasn't taken too much of that whole uh, yeah with his, his strife. Um,
0: yeah, maybe my bar is just set lower because I'm used to seeing like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> such garbage. And certainly, we've all, we've talked about the fact that he's usually the better actor in the scene. Like right. the character actors they they cast can be real bad.
2: Oh um, god, the villain the villain reminded me of uh, evil Niles from Frasier.
0: <laughs> a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Maybe that's... Yeah, what is it about like like uh, evil, like the villains in the three-piece suit and the perfect posture, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, actually,
1: yeah. Uh, I had a British friend tell me once that he absolutely hated that portrayal and it was so pervasive in like the 80s and mm. 90s of just this like sniveling, you know, right. British guy in a suit. And just, mm-hmm. it's always like the weakest looking person. Right, and it's, right. um, it's really interesting. And this character wasn't supposed to be British, but he definitely played it that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it, yeah. it's, I always think of that when I see a character like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the things for me that worked were, um, I I sort of liked the setup. I felt like we had more stakes than we had previously. Um, like for once, it was clear, you know, mm. MacGyver clearly has a piece of valuable information. Sure, yeah. We clearly have a timetable. Um, it's clear why he's in the situation he's in. There right, have been right. several episodes where his involvement in in this situation is a little bit, um, tenuous as to why he's voluntarily doing this. Um, and we have our first kind of, uh, you know, we meet his contact, um, and mm-hmm. we get the sense that he actually works for the government. And we're starting <laughs> to get an actual clearer picture of like what it is he does, even though right. we get zero specifics about any of it. Right. Um, we're at least starting to uh, see that. And the brown leather jacket comes back, which. Yeah. Um, which I like.
0: Iconic, yeah. Yeah, just the fact that he, we we hear the words federal building and an acronym, right. and we finally have a handler. Like, those are things that didn't exist before, so it finally feels like MacGyver has a purpose instead of just being this rogue agent
2: that we don't yes. know who the hell he works for. Um, right. They're not clear about that at all in the earlier episodes? Like, he just sort of... Nope, nope.
0: Nope. I mean, there are... <laughs> None at
1: least, of that is even... At least gross. two.
0: At least two of the first 10 episodes, he's not working for anybody. He just stumbles into something. Right, right. Yeah, so... They don't know. They're figuring it out. Uh, but so it was great. So
1: as I say, yeah, the bar is a little
2: bit low. And and, but... and
0: you'll and as an actor, you'll like this. The guy who plays Pete Thornton as Handler also played a character with a totally different name in episode one.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: Fabulous. <laughs> uh-huh. We shoot
2: this all in one day and uh, yeah. come
0: out. The very next episode, he's also in... And I think they shot them in the reverse order. So I think we're actually okay. seeing like... Yes, okay. we
1: did. Um, I yeah. also read that. So they mm-hmm. these are flipped. And flipped, I think yeah. maybe this was supposed to air second.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. To, I said the same thing. It was good to see Pete. And I actually liked... I mean, just the fact that MacGyver, t- two separate times, is walking in public with... He's done this before. He's had, like, a knock list of some kind in his hand before and just (laughs) flaunts it around. Like, he's like, I got the names of the terrorists. (laughs) He's, like, tossing it up in the air. And then he does the same thing at the end. He, like, he has... He's like meeting up with Lisa at the pier and he's like, check it out, I got the thing. It's just very bad spycraft. It's
1: so silly. But uh, the other thing that I I was very surprised to read after I watched this episode twice uh, to find out that the thing he hides that list of names in is a lamppost because (laughs) I thought it was a gravestone this (laughs) entire
0: time. In the middle of a parking lot. Yes.
2: Oh, that's great. I've also never seen a lamp. Po- I guess they do have these little doors on the, like. The I, I don't lid- know, but
0: I was just I
1: like, guess.
2: what? Oh, so funny.
0: Yeah, we talked about the villain. He's got a henchman who is, I love just sandwich eating henchman guy. I totally. thought it was hilarious. I was like, he, this guy holds a gun. Like if you gave like a panda bear a gun. Like, he's just, like, so wide, and he's just got these thick, meaty hands, and no one showed him how to hold a gun, so he just, like, kind of has it as an extension of his body the whole time. (laughs) It just cracked me up. Um,
2: And crazily easy to defeat, as I'll head 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 and like that. Of course. Um,
0: I loved, the thing I loved about the poison was the extreme specificity of the way it works. (laughs) Um, just minute to minute it does different things and he knows the villain knows exactly what those things are and narrates what those things are the entire way through the episode and it's a designer drug that's been crafted for MacGyver which seems very expensive uh, in terms of production and
1: this exact (laughs) thing was used on the Americans like however many years later like this same idea oh the show the Americans Yeah, yeah yeah the show the Americans like the same exact idea of like a delayed reaction poison and you gotta get Get the antidote so uh, you know this is not an original idea on their part i don't think i think this is just sort of a, <laughs> well, a mean, thing it's <laughs> a
0: thing the yeah like that's yeah. been used for every kind of uh yeah spy show or whatever but yeah all the way up to the present
2: yeah why does it why does the bad guy think he wins at the end if 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 all he gets is a dead macgyver which he could have <laughs> <laughs> taken care of the right. first time and not given him a sweet watch
1: Right. Yeah, I think he I think he is betting on the fact that MacGyver will wisen up, not knowing what we already know about MacGyver, which is that he has a death wish and he does not care. <laughs> um he like this guy is not afraid.
0: Yeah. He doesn't like pain, but he doesn't mind dying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but I did like I liked the that the threat is like actual stakes. Um I liked the little pithy comments. Um I, I wrote that the antidote is definitely Sudafed. Oh, um, God, yeah. <laughs> <it's> just <laughs> Bill <a> little... PM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also love, I, something about the, Pete Thornton, when we see him in his office, I'm like, okay, so this is meant to, I love the days when a CIA guy's office can look like the trailer in a contractor's site. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> like Luan paneling and a desk and like nothing else. The set dressing on it is very minimal. It's like, this is supposed to be Langley because it <laughs> really doesn't feel like it um and then and then the you know the kinds of terminology they're using back then is so like because uh, we as an audience are dumb dumbs and and we haven't yet been like privy to all of these like sophisticated spy shows with you know research assistants and stuff they can say things like this is a code 101 and we're like supposed to be ooh that must be (laughs) okay (laughs) i guess that's bad right
1: yeah, all we know about uh, who MacGyver works for is that it's DXS. Um Whatever that
2: no, is. No yeah.
1: explanation of what it is they do. Um, mm-hmm. and, and in terms of stuff that doesn't work, I mean, I agree that uh, the motivations of our villains, uh, again, are, are kind of unclear. And it's like, is this your only shot of getting this information? Right, uh, right. If so, it doesn't seem like you're trying that hard to get right.
2: it. <laughs> yeah. I just think that they really loved how how, how high-tech their, their device, their, the, the, the serum was. Sure. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he actually says the line, I bet you're wondering how the serum is going to affect you. Like, let me... <laughs> like, he was all set to, like, oh, there's yeah. an explanation.
1: It's like, uh, he's like, no, I thought you were just going to waterboard me like it was yeah. a regular interrogation. <laughs>
0: Well, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about the gags in this episode, because there are a bunch of them. And I I did. So I liked the fact that even in spite of the fact that MacGyver was sort of incapacitated most of the episode, they still found plenty of time to do plenty of gags. Um, You know, the first main one is this mattress spring thing, um, (laughs) which obviously the mattress thing is ridiculous. Um, uh, What did you think about the like lock him in an empty room and he escapes gag?
2: Uh, I mean, it was, it was pretty funny. I, it, I like, I liked how, um, a couple of times he does this. He, it, um, makes these elaborate mini explosions. It gets their attention and it, it explodes like that. And then the other one where he, uh, sets up the, the TV, radio yeah. when the door opens. Yeah. Like he loves these explosions that buy him like a second and a half. I know. It uh, just like <laughs> proves yes. that he can make A hundred
1: percent. A... Yeah. This yeah. all, every explosion is only- uh to either cause a diversion so he can run the other way or do yeah. something like else and they never buy him very much time. Um and I think the thing that's important to know as always is like MacGyver is not really out to hurt or kill anyone. So That's a good point. All of his, you know, tricks are are not designed to actually harm his enemies. Right, right. Um they're they're supposed to be these sort of diversions.
0: That was something I'm like I think I'm i th- I think I'm okay with uh, something complex to create a diversion so that he can escape. I think those kinds of tricks work well for me. The kinds of tricks that that don't work for me are like that that TV exploding gag because I'm like, okay, this gag, if it's not going to uh, render your opponent unconscious, if all they're going to do is go, what the hell was that? Right. Then just run. The time yeah. it took you to build that thing, you could right. be two blocks away by now. Like, just run. Uh, so it's really, and I understand that's the whole point of the show is that we have to like keep making contraptions. And so they put them in these situations where you feel like you need them, but you rarely need them. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I did, did yeah. like
1: when he um, used the fire hose as sort of that, that was version yeah, where like that. it looked like they escaped. Um, that was that was one where I was like, all right, that's that's sort of clever right. and I don't I don't hate that.
0: And I, like I don't mind a complicated plan if I can see it coming together and it really seems necessary. It's just uh, that uh, oftentimes there're these Rube Goldberg machines that aren't necessary and then we see something simple like a fire hose misdirection trick and we're like, oh that, that was clever that, I, that, was a, that was plenty for me. And then, of course, they have to do the 80s thing where they say the thing that they just did. Uh, yeah. It's like the magician said a little misdirection never hurt anything. <laughs> it's like, what? What? The magician. The The magician
1: (laughs) that was also MacGyver's grandfather somehow from a previous voiceover. Like we hear about so many of MacGyver's relatives in these voiceovers. Yeah. Oh, I I I have an
0: idea for a drinking game. My drinking game is this. Uh, Every time he starts something with one time when I was a kid or when I was a boy, (laughs) you have to drink. Um. This happens in every narration he does. Uh, he has some pithy cornfield story. <laughs> that, Yeah, uh, and this and this was no different. The slingshot line about the, I could never miss oh my, my neighbor's window. So dumb. So dumb. Okay, you're right. You've convinced me it's a terrible episode. Uh,
2: <laughs> All right, hold it steady for me, will you? I,
0: I, I didn't mind. Like, it was actually kind of, uh, I'm not used to seeing in these types of like sort of simplistic 80s shows f- like flashbacks and and uh, and, and hallucinations. And mm-hmm. so the idea like bringing the villain into the room where he's convalescing and having him put the pillow over there, that was something like that felt like a little more sophisticated for this kind of show. And I didn't mind okay. it. I thought it was kind of like, oh, OK, this is we're getting the sense that he's like disoriented and um, starting to starting to figure out who he is and stuff. That whole midsection of the show for me was too long. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Too much, uh, too much talking between him and Lisa in the um, in the mansion. And, uh, and I thought, you know, Annie, you keep saying that, like, anytime there's no opening gambit, then they have more time to fill. And there's always some like bloated part that feels Mm -hmm. like too long. Um, So yeah, I I just felt like, um, what'd you guys feel about that?
1: I thought that it was cool that even in his complete stupor, he managed to know that he needed to sharpen that knife um, to (laughs) cut the fish. uh, And that, like, earned Lisa's respect for some reason. She was like, wow, yeah, you really work with what you got, too, right? It was. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a very MacGyver thing, even uh, when he was in the state he was in.
0: Totally. I had a thought about this scene, this touching scene between the two of them. First of all, there's no way he's hungry. Come on, he's on a psychedelic on poisonous drugs. drug. <laughs> like I could eat a fish, um, but also, I was
1: yeah. That's what she, the only thing she has to serve
0: yeah, you. So right, it's the fish that you taught me how to catch.
2: That um, old phrase, "I'm so hungry I could eat a fish," right? Yeah.
0: Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So I I. Uh, I got so mad at this scene because I was like, oh my God, you have the makings of a great scene here. Okay. So you have this conversation between the two of them. The information that you need to get out in the scene is like, she's got abusive parents and she got caught in the middle. Right. And every time she gets turned into the social workers or the cops, they keep dumping her in juvie or bringing her back to her parents. Right. So she decided to split. That's the story. And there's No reason why that can't be like a really affecting story. And then they add these little flourishes to really hammer home the emotional points that are so fucking stupid. Uh, I wrote a few of them down. Like they add little stuff like, it smelled like what this fish is gonna smell like in a week. Or my dad got his act together, all right, on my face. And I'm like, what are you doing? You had a perfectly touching scene with right. like the motivations were all laid out and you're adding this shit that's like, it feels like, I don't know, somebody's really trying to get clever or artsy or something. I don't know what it, I don't know what their motivation is behind adding those types of flourishes, but I hate it.
2: Yeah. No, no, That's no. my all rant. Right.
0: That's my rant about that. <laughs>
1: I felt that they were way too close and way too familiar with each other uh, to be appropriate for their relationship um, and the length of time they've known each other and their respective ages. So uh, that, that was my, I could not stop watching through that lens. I'm just like, why are mm-hmm. you cradling his face in a weird way? <laughs> like, I, I just couldn't get past that.
2: Yeah. The kiss on her head at the end was a little strange. About-
0: we keep seeing this type of thing with him. And I, I feel like we're meant to think of him as like kind of a caring uncle. Right. Mm-hmm. And the problem is we're always just meeting these characters. And he is too. Yes. If we learned that he knew Lisa from the time she was six years old and he kissed her on the head, we'd be like, okay, he's Uncle Mark MacGyver, right? <laughs> it's that he met her five minutes ago on the dock, right? Right. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> that is my issue with this. They just met and they're immediately overly familiar with each other. And it's not sexual as it is with some of the female characters mm-hmm. um, in some episodes, but it's still like t- like inappropriately close for comfort.
0: Yeah, uh, it might not me. be sexual, but you're still playing a sax solo every time they talk.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> oh, God, not <That's>
0: that. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, it's funny, uh, ba- way back at the beginning of this episode, Annie, you mentioned Thief of Budapest, which is, I think, episode three. And mm-hmm. uh, I, this felt like that a similar thing where they keep trying to treat a relationship with a child like it's a love story. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, this c- scene where he's standing on the, the curb and he's about to go back into the warehouse and he's like, I'm going to find a cure for all my troubles. Get out of here, will ya And there's saxophone playing and piano. And it's, <laughs> it's a real soap operatic kind of thing. And I think I'd be curious to know if like, if I was an adult watching this in the 80s, what my emotional response to that scene would have been. Would it have been, oh, that's nice, you know, or is it just that we have the benefit of, like, another 30 years of feminism <laughs> to look back on this and be like, this is gross, right? Or or would you have tracked at that point in American television history, that's kind of gross, you know? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And I wonder, too, if, like, we're too cynical, right? Like, when right, I'm right. looking at that and I'm just like, ugh, like, stop. Yeah. Why are you talking to that 16-year-old? Like, maybe, like, I, yeah. I am am being too hard on it.
0: Yeah. Right. Know. Um uh so the ending gags, uh we have the sort of nail in the tire car door trick that he does. And then I, I don't know what you guys thought about this, but I <laughs> I'm gonna geek out a little bit here because the hot, the water bottle plywood gag mm-hmm. at the end, I actually think that's maybe one of the best MacGyverisms we've seen so far. Um <laughs> I really do. Yes, it's a little complicated, but A, we can like we can really see him putting it together in his mind. He's right. like putting the pieces together. He's not rushing through it. He's just like, what have I got to work with? Okay, will this work? And then it ramps up kind of like as he's building the thing, you're you're he's still like one step ahead of you the whole time. You're like, Okay, I understand that there's something's gonna fall on them, but I'm not sure exactly how yet. So it's kind of still a surprise to you. He takes his time putting it together, and it seems like a necessary thing. He's got to get to that antidote and he has to dispense of these bad guys somehow and he doesn't have very much time or all he's got is what he's working with so it it felt to me like and when it actually happens, it's actually kind of satisfying to watch those giant... I thought the water bottles were going to fall on, his, on their heads. No, it slides down this big thing, knocks all this shit over. Obviously, the the fact that they go down like bowling pins immediately and <laughs> he punches them each and they at once and they each are cocked cold immediately is a dumb TV trope. But I just thought in general, as, as gags go, I was like, I am here for this, like this fucking... This is the kind of thing as a 10 year old that I was like, fuck yeah, McGlaver, you got him. Yeah. Yeah, that had like <laughs> yeah. a
2: mouse trap sort of feel to it. Uh, the, the, the yeah, game. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, and I'm glad you, you mentioned that he's, he's not trying to hurt them because when I first saw him, like, yeah. You are using the dangerous heavy water bottles to knock over the <laughs> empty, completely not dangerous <laughs> uh, barrels. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just... yeah,
1: yeah. He doesn't actually want to harm anybody. No. But I feel like for <laughs> MacGyver, this was a pretty good way to incapacitate people because I I too loved it. I thought knocking them all down and punching them out, like mm-hmm. that, that buys you the time you need. And, uh, you know, ultimately... Everyone is fine, I guess. Yeah. Um the the question the There's question There's a version is, of this where
0: he like drops the water bottles directly on their heads in their necks break. Right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> like and that is not fun. Um no. although that begs the question, like, aren't they gonna still want this list of terrorists when they wake
0: up? Um, like Oh, did it? you think about the fact that the guy who got cocked with the uh car door is ostensibly lying in the street for this entire ending? <laughs> like for the last ten minutes, he's There is actually... I thought, oh, they just knock him out and then we're never supposed to think of him again. And then I... I saw one tiny little shot where he's trying to get the antidote out of that grate where you can see the guy's foot in the background. I'm like, oh, they didn't forget about him. He's still dead over there. Cool. Um, anyway, continue, and, Sorry to interrupt no
1: one, And no one is helping him. Like, that's... Right, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's the, it could have been tied up a little bit more neatly, in my opinion. Like, we get a resolution with the Lisa stuff, which is mm. great, but I don't feel that we had a resolution on with the, the list yeah. of,
2: on
0: the
1: spy stuff. So, like, yeah. like... Yeah. they're still going to want that list. Their government more to the point is still going to want that list. And yeah. uh, well, I mean
0: that he, uh, the idea obviously is like, well, now this, this list is in safe key, safe hands. Right now that it's yeah. like, I mean, uh, you know, after he's throw, done throwing it around the dock, showing off for Lisa with it, <laughs> he's going to, he's going to give it back to Pete Thornton and then it's going to go in a vault or something. Right. Um, but I do, I, I do love, I love eighties uh, logic, which is if you, mm-hmm knock a man unconscious, that guy stays down. (laughs)
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: they never. never come back to
1: and like, they're always okay a couple yeah. minutes later. Like right, you're right, right. never <laughs> like um oh shit, you've been unconscious for however many minutes. Like yeah. in the real world that's not a good sign. Like yeah, if you like, if, if you go bleeding. unconscious and you don't wake up right away, that's usually yeah. like a bad thing. Uh oh. but here it always seems to last about 10-15 minutes yeah, and then right, you're right, you're right. back.
0: So what did uh what did you think about Mag- magnetizing the pole and getting the antidote that way?
2: I guess I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, So (laughs) I I learned that was probably one of my more uh, my favorite uh, uh, tricks you did.
0: I liked
1: it. I feel like that is a, a good old fashioned, you know, science class trick right. <laughs> um, that that any of us would think was really cool.
0: And and I thought it was sort of fun. Is, is that
2: something that you knew you could you could do? Make a magnet easily like
0: that? <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. If like if uh, if you rub two pieces of metal together, I think I've learned in life that it does become like temporarily magnetized. Right. Yes. Um. I don't know that you could smash something against a fire hydrant and get that effect for five right. minutes, but
1: <laughs> uh, I, I, you probably can't. I mean, I haven't um, tested this, but uh, I, I thought it was kind of cool because it just reminds you of um, some of the things you try in silence class in like a really small setting um, that then you, you kind of see uh, in this bigger scale. So I think that for, you know, a kid watching like this would be a cool trick uh, that I might try.
0: Yeah, because you oh. might have like been able to magnetize two paper clips sitting at your desk, and then you see a life and death situation where MacGyver uses it. Yeah, and, it's, and, and the and idea then you're of like, like I yeah.
1: could work for DXS, right? You know, right. whatever the
0: hell that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've already talked about the ending, but the ending is, uh, you know, it's so you can walk into this girl's life. Offer her a scholarship and walk out without having to talk to her parents, right, who are beating her up or the state or anybody. You're just like, take care of this kid. And then you're like, that's your that's your bonus from from your organization for doing a good job is that you, like, got this kid an internship. It just feels very like this is the least – you know realistic thing in the whole fucking episode and,
1: it, and if it is realistic that's a problem like you yeah, should right. not be able to hand out scholarships right. you know right. to Street whoever teams. you meet down at the docks like I'm sure <laughs> she needs it but it's yeah. it's also like all right if this is the process uh there's a lot of people who applied for this who are going to be kind of disappointed <laughs> <laughs> because they don't get the scholarship oh because God. you met Lisa and you know she helped you when you were on Hale- hallucinogens. Um, and you know, listen, all too true, uh, (laughs) in terms of how, uh, opportunities actually get handed out, uh, in the eighties, I'm sure it's like, Oh,
0: white guy helped you out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Or just like, Oh, I know this person here you go. Um, and, and yeah,
0: I don't know. Now, Okay, so I mean, our last question before we move on to our next segment is usually, how did this episode hold up? And uh, and I feel like obviously it doesn't hold up when you compare it to other uh, television shows today, uh, but in terms of uh, you know the other episodes we've watched and just uh, TV in the '80s in general, like this k- kept my attention and a lot of the stuff uh, th- there wasn't a lot of fat on the on the script to this with the exception of that little middle midsection I already bitched about. Um, I felt like, yeah, like you said, Annie, the like goals were clear and they worked, you know, they, they, each time they had like a tense situation, they kind of like made you feel it. And um, even some of the, like, some of the things we've seen problems with in the past, like, like the sound design and the sound mixing were better in this episode. This held up decent for me. Like I enjoyed the 42 minutes or whatever. I didn't dread having to watch it a second time. <laughs> Annie, how do you feel like this held up?
1: I think it's been better than some of the episodes we've seen. Um, yeah. I'm going to put it that way. I think that like, in terms of a lot of the problems that we've discussed uh, in previous episodes with the writing and with, in particular, some of the terrible um, actors that they've hired as, <laughs> as some of these um, guest stars, you know, Lisa is pretty damn good. Yeah, um, she's not you bad. Know, com- compared to uh, some some of what we've seen. Well, so it's the I first would,
0: child actor that we've seen uh, doing her own dialogue. Doing the
1: own dialogue, yeah. yeah. That's not a dub a of dubbed. something else. Um, yeah. So yeah, by that standard. Um, but I still had some overall structure issues and that same issue, just from a TV viewer perspective of like a lot of that time dragging where I'm like, what yeah. is the point of this scene? Can we move things along? You know, we're running around and doing a, a you know, catapult with a mattress. Um, <laughs> that's like not uh, really for a purpose. So yeah. so that I think didn't hold up so well.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. All right. Well, we have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more with our guest and we're going to find out where this episode falls on our DT&P rating system. Stick around. We'll be right back.
2: Hey, it's Justin from Venetian Ginger Ale here. Hey, if you love to laugh, then you're going to get a kick out of reading the ingredients on corporate soda cans. If you want something better for yourself, we use all real ingredients. It's water, cane sugar, unfiltered Peruvian ginger juice, lime juice, and we brew it with cinnamon sticks right here in Vermont. Simple ingredients, people. It's easy. Visit VenetianGingerAle.com to learn more about our local history and where you can get spicy ginger ale. That's VenetianGingerAle.com.
0: Okay, we're back with our guest, Justin. And Annie, we're going to move on to our next segment, right?
1: Yes, we are on a mission to figure out what is the best episode of MacGyver. Uh, So we are going to rate this episode.
0: Yes, it's time for It's Classified. OK, this is a rapid fire game, and each one of us is going to score nightmares from 1 through 10 on four different characteristics. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Justin. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how exciting was this episode, do you think?
2: I think a 3 or 4.
0: Great, what do you think? Yeah. 3, 4, you can do half points, doesn't matter. Uh,
2: let's, yeah, let's do 3.5. Let's do 3.5. <laughs>
0: Great, what about you, Annie?
1: I give this a five. Um, I hesitate to go that low, but I think that um, some of the action was sort of uh, tempered for me with how incapacitated MacGyver was, even though mm. I liked that in some aspects. Sure. I think that when it comes to excitement, mm-hmm. um, he was basically, he was very low energy for much right, of the episode. right, right, right.
0: Yeah, he's not like operating on all cylinders really, right? Right. Gotcha. All right. Uh, I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go... I really did... I was really, like, sucked into this one. I'm going to give it an eight. Is that crazy? This might be the biggest... Uh-huh. Uh, the biggest gap it. we've if ever had. you loved had.
1: it, you loved it. I
0: love this one. Uh, and I'm thinking about the way I've scored other episodes, and I'm like, this has got to be higher. It just right. has to be. Um, <laughs> I wish
1: that I had that in front of me, but I actually am... Probably like, glad I've, you don't, yeah. I'm glad I don't.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, next category. Uh, Justin, acting and writing. We put those two things together. So... Uh, How would you rate that on a scale of one to 10? You're Um, (laughs) after?
2: Yeah. uh, I'm going to have to go. I'll go three. I'll go three. Three. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. I say six. It's better than a lot of what we've seen
0: on this show. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, it's not great acting. But yeah, this sort of like triangle of like Lisa and the bad guy and MacGyver are like a better triangle of actors than we're used to seeing on this show. Yes. Um, so I would give it a seven. Um, next category is sheer innovation. You put all the gags together on this episode. How innovative was MacGyver in this episode?
2: I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I was a little hard on him coming in, but I feel like you know, giving, getting, getting your perspective, uh, yeah, a six.
0: Okay. What about you, Annie?
1: Um, I agree with six. I think okay. that's what I'm going to say for the the tricks. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like they're inventive, but sometimes needlessly so. I'm going to give it six and a half. So uh, the final category here is 80s cool factor. How cool was this as you might compare it to other pop culture
2: of the 80s? Uh, uh, Five. Uh, five.
1: I am going higher. I think that I'm going to give it an eight. Um, And the reason for that is... We see the uh, brown leather jacket, which is what, you know, for me, when I think of MacGyver, like that's the outfit that he has on when mm-hmm. I picture him. And I think I actually, my uncle had the same jacket. So that's <laughs> very much a nostalgia 80s trip for me. Sure. And also, as we mentioned, this episode hit on so many of those like 80s, pop culture um topics so we had runaways we had drugs are bad we had uh east germans which Commies, essentially yeah. russians <laughs> you know and so yeah. um so yeah it really hit on all of those points for me so gotcha. eight.
0: that makes sense uh yeah you've convinced me i'll go with an eight as well we have three bonus categories here it'll get an extra five points if any of these things is true uh does he help out an old friend in this episode I don't think we can call Pete Thornton an old friend. He's going to become his handler, so we're going to go with zero on that one. Does an ex-girlfriend make an appearance? God, I no, hope she not. not. I really hope not. <laughs> and is he detained against his will? Yes, he is definitely okay. detained mm-hmm. against his will in this one. All right, that has been its classified. Now it's time to reveal the results. Out of a total possible 135 points, this episode receives 77 points, tying it for fourth place with the heist. So wow. we, now have, we now have Last Stand is still at number one. FIFA Budapest is still at number two. Target MacGyver is number three. And Nightmares in the Heist are tied for number four. So pretty, pretty high up there in the rankings so far. I'm sure that will all change. Okay, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Justin, where can people find you online if you want to be found? And what are you working on these days? And-
2: yeah, um, we're working on some music little self-started comedy projects and uh yeah yeah by my, my instagram nice. uh kind of has a uh i have i have a, a youtube channel that has some all this stuff there the instagram is at justin.w.rowe r-o-w-e cool and that has a link to that are you still
0: doing the duo musical duo thing
2: yeah and what is that called again it's now called romadello
0: oh romadello so Justin is a great musician and he's uh, also a super funny comedian. He just put out a video uh, that is Christopher Nolan talking to Johnny Depp and it cracked my shit up. So look up that uh, on Instagram, justin.w.row. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, please subscribe, uh, review, keep in touch. Our website is themaguyverpod.com and our socials are all at Pod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can get them on CBS All Access or buy them on Amazon for a buck an episode. Join us next week for... Season one, episode 12, Deathlock. Take care, everybody. Remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, friends, friends are, are the adventures, adventures of, of life. life. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Good night.